It's now time for Season 3 of the Boomtown Pod, your home for all combat sports. Breaking down everything from the UFC, Bellator, and PFL all the way to boxing. This is your home for everything combat. Join your hosts, Andrew Kahn and Cole Smith, as they break down all the latest news, signings, and fight cards so you never miss a beat. This podcast sponsored by RKP Roofing in Regina. For all your roofing requirements, reach out to Randall and the crew for the ultimate roof and home experience. 306-580-9849. This podcast sponsored by FKN Beer. The funniest beer out there without a doubt. Delicious FKN Ale and now the brand new Boom Lagers in store now. Grab yours off the shelf today and enjoy the best Canadian beer. Show the world your hustle with premium quality Rest One Dead apparel. Designed for an aesthetic look. Visit them today at restonedead.ca. Sandman Boxing System and Blue Collar Media Group. Partners and sponsors since day one. Now here's your hosts, Andrew Kahn and Cole Smith. Season 3 is live now. Yo, I can't be the only one. I get goosebumps every single time I hear that intro. Cole, how about you? <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's a, it's a good, it's a good intro, man. It's a good intro. It's fire. It's a fire intro. Now, thanks for tuning in, y'all. This is the Boomtown Pod, all things MMA. Uh, actually, just kidding. All things combat sports. Mulligan. I uh, got to redo that intro. That was pathetic. But nonetheless. Thank you to those who are tuning in tonight. We are having an amazing time. Uh, UFC 284 just went by. That card was crazy. We've got some crazy rumors that are floating about this card that we're going to dive into. But, of course, if you missed the intro, I am Andrew Kahn. This is my co-host, Cole Smith. Cole, how's Saskatoon and how are you? Good. Pretty good. It was uh, pretty pretty chill over here in Saskatoon. It's it's. I'm enjoying the, the nice weather, uh, plus plus temperatures. Way better than last week when I couldn't leave my house. So it's good over here. How are you doing? I mean, minus 49 is probably, it's the Antichrist, honestly. It's maybe yeah. the worst thing of all time. Uh, when people are like, what, 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 where do you live? I'm like, imagine the winter people in Game of Thrones, for those that don't know. <laughs> it's just basically that, a frozen fucking tundra for like nine months of the year. So uh, when we do get sun, and it's nice like it is today, it was plus four. Just you, you take it and you love it. That's what it is. Um, but of course, without that being said, we can't make this episode and this spot or this this program happen without these amazing sponsors that you'll see down below. Once again, thank you so much to FKN Ale, who literally within 30 seconds ago just dropped off me a full fridge of FKN Booms. Get you some of those. Yes, our official beer of the podcast, FKN Ale, coming in clutch. My favorite part of these cans, and I know we don't talk about it much, but it literally says this is... And then you can just put your name in a marker. This is fun. <laughs> this is Andrew's fucking beer, you know? So it's the best part of these cans. So uh, shout out to them. They have been uh, terrific with us this year. And we thank them so much for their, their sponsorship as well as RKP Roofing out here in Regina for all your roofing and housing needs. Make sure to go and check out RKP Roofing. We love Randall and the crew. Of course, Sam and Boxing System with us since day one. Blue Collar Media Group, the mothership that runs us. And of course, new to this year, Restwind Dead Clothing Apparel. Uh, they're actually heading out to the bodybuilding uh, provincial, I do believe, in, uh, in Saskatoon coming up very, very quickly. And their clothing company is taking off, man. They got bodybuilders everywhere wearing their stuff. Not bad for a little company 
from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. So make sure to go give them a like. Follow them as well on Instagram uh, and also wrestlingdead.ca. You can get all their clothing. I think right now if you have a new order or new orders that are dropping, it's 15% off. So go do yourself a favor. Aaron and the crew have been amazing. So with that being said, last week we went a little long. This podcast we're going to go a little shorter because there's just a lot to talk about. So with that being said, segment one, of course, is the weeks that were. And it's sponsored by FKN Ale and FKN Boom Lager. Go get your goddamn beers right now. FKM, boom. Uh, you can do so, uh, from what I've been told by the representative, uh, any Sobeys liquor stores are going to have them. Um, so if you're in Regina, Saskatoon, Moose Jaw, go get yours. They are goddamn delicious. I, for the record, I'm going to crack that one. because I'm <laughs> Uh, it, it's all about advertising on this thing. It makes us run. So with that being said, UFC 284 is coming. Gone Perth, Australia. Holy shit, what a crowd. Cole, talk to me, baby. What do you think about this? <laughs> Should they be there always? Man, just a bunch of animals, man. A bunch of maniacs. You can see, like, you can see the difference with uh, Islam, like, just walking down, like, he didn't even like he was he didn't he didn't even feel the same. He didn't look the same like walking. He was so like the security was backing everybody off. It was it was wild. It was crazy. It may be one of the craziest things that I've ever seen. Like and 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 to be honest with you, I watched a little bit of the prelims. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I missed some of it, um, but uh, the crowd was electric from like start to finish. People yeah. were there like from what I understand. There's another podcast that I follow. They're called the Alpha Blokes Podcast. They're from Australia. I was listening to them and they were talking about how guys were like in the lineup at 7 a.m. to get into the venue. And I'm like, that's bananas. Like, that's kind of crazy because when you and I went to UFC, there was no wait. Like, they, I mean, I understand the card kind of fell apart on us, but there was no wait. I mean, it was like we got in, we got our seat. It was packed. It was great. Um, but there was nothing. The electricity in the crowd was nothing like I've seen in Australia. That was bananas. They did some huge number I, I think it would be a, a, a lot different too if like we went to a card in canada where gsp was headlining you know right. toronto montreal those cards that were there yeah yeah so i think the fact that it was like volkanovsky you know at home pound for pound one versus two trying to trying to get the double strap i i think that's a, a that's a huge factor and then you got like Crude on the card too, who made a name for himself. Obviously, we love that man. Jimmy Crude's one of the craziest dudes in MMA. He's awesome. Um, and uh, who was Mandal Mandaloria that had the finish? That that yeah. knockout finish, insane. Fifty thousand K richer because of it, and it was flush. The the no, the, uh, that was the Taffa, right? Taffa, just yeah, Taffa, yes. That that was just a clean strike. That was that was. That was clean. I, yeah, I, I don't, I never, I don't think I, I never really knew who that was until, until uh, uh, Saturday. Yeah, Justin Toffas had a couple of, he's like that mid-carter that floats around that doesn't really do anything special. But I'm going to tell you, after that performance, he may have opened up some doors for himself, which is big. Because, again, one of those things where he was the underdog in the fight, too. So it's always like, 
if you're an underdog on a big card and you're fighting at home and you have the chance to like make an, a name for yourself, we saw it with like guys like Cody Garbrandt. We got to fight at home and Kai Kara France, um, you know, fighting in, in, in Australia as well. So it's like, it's crazy what these guys are going to be able to do when they're at home. And it was electric. I mean, yeah. there's no way, like I had goose when Volkanovsky walked out, dude, that's the first time in forever that I had goosebumps. Yeah, me too. Like you hear, I come from a land down under and like the fans are just <laughs> losing their shit. Right. And it's like, they're singing along word for word. And that's what this sports about. It's supposed to be about is the fan involvement and Australia yeah. understood the assignment, man. They're like, we are going to run with this. We have the pound for pound number one fighter in the world. We're going to get behind our boy and holy shit, dude, just the atmosphere was electric. Like if I could go anywhere, like I've been saying for years, I would love to go to the UK and watch a UK card because the fight game is so fucking different you know like it's just it's insane and then i watched perth and i was like maybe cole and i have to go to australia for the next card like maybe we get our media credentials and we just go there like it's insane and i was like this is electric it's one of the craziest things that i've ever witnessed and we got an amazing card top to bottom like ufc 284 yeah. was unbelievable of course headline and we're going to talk about that uh in just a couple minutes but we had some breaking news happen uh earlier this morning and, and this is wild this is dan hooker is is a man of the people dan hooker is a fan favorite in the ufc and i do believe a lot of what he says people who have been on social media have been saying that dan hooker is just bitter because he's been losing lately that doesn't seem right to me I, I mean i get it but dan hookler basically came out and said that islam cheated now for those that don't know uh the rumor popped up at around i think around eight or nine this morning and since then it's kind of been radio silence so we'll see what happens as the ufc is going to definitely have to investigate the situation when a claim like that is made but essentially what happened is inside the back before the, well, during the weight cuts, I guess, essentially you could say um, afterwards, he uh, has been, has been claimed that Islam Makachev was using an IV. Uh, and what, of course, everybody knows in the medical field, IVs are used to obviously, um, you know, bring some hydration back to your life. And I mean, if you watch the weight cut video that we posted, Islam looked like shit. Like it looked like it was a terrible, terrible weight cut. Um, I know all things were said that he was literally walking into the fight at, you know, 170 pounds. Of course, this was at 155. And I was like, okay, that doesn't seem like a ton of weight to crush. But if you're not doing it properly, it can be a nasty, nasty thing. And as we saw the way in, he was completely depleted. He was crying because he was so full of emotion. But apparently what happened from Dan Hooker and, and his Twitter account is essentially what happened was, Islam had a Australian doctor basically come in, give him an IV during or after the weight cut. And from what I understand by UFC standards, that is a, an illegal tactic. So with that being said, this brings up a ton of suspicions. They're going to have to bring up video footage, right? They're going to have to start questioning who walked in with Islam's camp. Um, they're going to, it's going to be a nasty investigation. I'm going to say that like this opens up a can of worms. Now, with that being said, of course, we're not going to get any kind of repercussion from this for a while, right? Like, yeah, I think you and I can both agree that we're not going to hear much from this probably for the next, ooh, this is going to be an investigation that takes a month or two. Yeah. And, and I mean, it would, it would suck if it was true. Like if it did happen, that sucks. Uh, yeah, I, 
I hope it didn't happen. <laughs> I hope it didn't happen. But if if it did, I mean, you gotta follow the rules, right? There's rules for a reason. Yeah, a thousand percent. And and I mean, Dan Hooker has been literally on. Like I'm on it right now. He has literally called Islam a cheat. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, they said Volkanovski doesn't cheat. He doesn't win. Uh, prove me wrong. And then essentially, and I, I hate using this terminology out loud, and I don't care if we get cancel culture. This is literally a tweet. But the dumb C-U-N-T, I'm not saying it, the dumb <laughs> C-U-N-T thinks he can fly to Australia, hire a nurse to give him an IV, and we wouldn't find out cheating dog is the words from Dan Hooker, which has absolutely opened up the floodgates. Because if you do remember, it was in 2015 when Jose Aldo was busted for using an IV. And what happened? It was ruled a new no contest. Jose at the time wasn't stripped of his title. But in a situation like this, where you have a super fight, where it is a pound for pound number one fighter who's moving up a division, and you've got a man who's now known or could be cheating. We don't know yet. I'm not going to say he is or not. I'm going to use the word allegedly because I feel like that can save us. If somebody tries to come at me and be like, you said this, I'm like, no, I said allegedly. Uh, (laughs) Allegedly, there's some use there. I would say in this circumstance, you have to strip Makachev. Like, just because of the stature of the fight. Now, Jose Aldo, that was against a a top 15 opponent. It wasn't the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world and that's what volkanovsky is especially with volkanovsky fighting at home so i will ask you in my mind i think he should be either suspended or be stripped of the title with a volkanovsky win what do you think yeah i i think i mean that that's not that sounds fair you know if you if you cheat it's technically a loss wouldn't it because it'd be a disqualification or Maybe a no contest, maybe a immediate rematch. I, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because I mean, like, yeah, it, it sucks. It's like, uh, and and it kind of like you can kind of see because of how emotional he was. You know, it's like, um, it's almost like the fight wasn't the fight. The fight was the weight cut. You know, yeah, and just making it. He was so relieved. So it does kind of put some question marks up, you know, like. Like, I remember when Aldo got popped in 15, you saw it didn't really do much. Like I said, it became a no contest. It wasn't like they stripped him. It's not like he lost his title. But I think the significance of what we were dealing with in this fight card is a lot different. Like I said, you're taking the pound for pound number one fighter in the world in any ranking, uh, whether that be Bellator, PFL, and, and the UFC, where all the major pools are obviously combined to make the pound for pound list. Alex Volkanovsky is no slouch. So to think that Islam would go out and like, this is the thing that upsets me. Habib's not in his corner because you know, if Habib's in his corner, nothing gets questioned. Like you damn well know just who Habib is. This doesn't happen in his camps. Like the bullshit doesn't happen. Now the response to all of this was Islam going on Twitter, going Ozzy, 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 oi, 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 and making fun of the Australian culture, which is, I'm just like, yo, dude, that's so fucking blacklisted. Like, you can't be claimed of getting an IV, which is illegal in USADA usage, by the way, in the rules of the UFC, 
And so I'm just like flabbergasted by this whole thing because if you're Alex Volkanovsky, who a lot of people thought won this fight, you're sitting there now knowing that you just lost to a cheater. Like I, I think if he I think if it did get if it did happen, I don't think he's coming back to this weight class anyways. Because no. he's already talking about moving up. So I think if it did happen, I don't think he would do the rematch anyways. I think he would probably move up anyways. Yeah. So maybe like if it if it's true, strip him, Volk's the champ, and then he can move up. You know, there's a lot of fun matches up uh, at 170 anyways. Big time. There's a lot of fun for Makachev if he does go up to 170. Um, and I, all, I think, all I'm thinking about, too, is like Volk, how sweet Volk versus Poirier would be. Oh, dude, at 155, <laughs> yeah. just let him slug and bang, dude. Like, you know every tactical aspect of that fight would just be thrown out the window. It would just be two guys absolutely fucking beating the shit out of each other. And I'm here for it. Sign me up. Yeah. I think that would be an electric, <laughs> yeah. explosive fight, dude. And both of them have chins. Like, yes, Poirier has been finished. Volkanovski not really finished hasn't really been tested that way but there were times in that fight where makachev was hitting him clean and yeah. dropping down to the one knee which you don't see from volkanovsky very often and you would think that the guy who was losing weight would have the weaker chin i mean it just seemed the guy who was gaining weight didn't do as fair as he should but nonetheless man that was an electric fight uh ufc 284 i know that we've been dubbing cards different names we're giving them the old boomtown flavor so we're calling ufc 284 the controversial card that's what we're <laughs> calling it we're rolling with it uh we'll see what happens now the reason we're going to dive into this is because we're going to play matchmaker for a split second here shall we all right so we just admitted that seeing volkanovsky and poirier would be fucking electric that would be an unbelievable fight there's no doubt about it. So what we do know, though, is that the ultimate fighter has been announced. We've got Conor McGregor mm. and we've got Michael Chandler, which is explosive as shit. I am so fired up for this season because McGregor took on Uriah Faber, as you'll remember, in the Ultimate uh, Fighter series earlier. And it was a highlight reel of McGregor one-liners. And he brought the heat. He was so good. Uriah never had an answer for him. He never had an answer for anything. Michael Chandler is a man who will have an answer for you and he will not back down. So interestingly enough, whoever wins this fight, could they fight Volkanovsky? Could they fight Poirier? Who the hell do you give this fight to? We got Justin Gaethje hanging out in the wind. Like yeah. it's insane. The matchups that could come from the ultimate fighter. Oli Oliveira. You could give Charles Oliveira. You could give the winner of that fight, Charles Oliveira, and then whoever wins that fight could go on and, and be the, the number one contender. And it's just like there's so much hanging in the balance now because of this controversy. Because if it is true and Islam gets stripped, this division is wide the fuck open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it changes a lot so of things. Talent. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it, changes, it changes a lot. If that, if that goes through... Yeah, it's just like it's like a reset of the division almost, you know. Well, and and that's and that's it too. Like even if Makachev does move up, which granted he probably will, and that weight could look nasty, I wouldn't doubt it. If he moves up and Makachev is literally like, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to compete at 170." He's going to get the shot immediately. Like he'll be he'll be the number one contender. It'll be a super fight just like this one was for Volkanovski, right? The craziest part of all this, man, is that like Again, the Ultimate Fighter is going to be a crazy season. And Michael Chandler has just taken on everybody who's explosive. He's doing it again. 
it's just like it's bananas to think that this man will literally fight anybody. And he called out Connor at the end of his last fight and was like, Where are you at? Well, we got it, right? So the ultimate fighter, this season's gonna be really cool because from what I understand of the season and the concept of it, is they're gonna have a bunch of rookies, but they're also gonna have a guy a bunch of guys that are gonna be in camp that are UFC vets or cuts. So mm. this is pretty cool. I mean, it's kind of like that. I, I remember a few years ago, and quote me, maybe if I'm wrong, I think it was Randy Couture's season. Wasn't that when they had a bunch of guys who had been cut before? Like the the comeback season. The comeback season? Was that Randy's season? I can't re I can't remember who the coaches were, but that's that like that's where Matt Sarah won, right? Right, exactly. It was the comeback. Yeah, I can't remember who the coaches were though. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I mean, you gotta think about this season is gonna be explosive because we're gonna get six months of buildup right? Like this show is going to be on the air for at least four months. And then we'll probably be get the fight a month after the show is done. Right. So, you know, those that are excited about it, I'm absolutely thrilled. I'm pumped. It's going to be an incredible season. Uh, they couldn't get two better personalities to coach and the accolades that come with it. I mean, you know, Connor being a double champ, you know, and, and especially with um, you, you had the strike force champion, right? You had the Bellator champion as well in Michael Chandler. So it's like, You've got two legitimate guys who are going to throw yeah. down. And again, if you wanted to fight, this is going to be stand and bang. This is going to be that fight because neither one of them and, and maybe Michael Chandler does it, but Chandler's just been standing and banging for guys. Well, like since he's came into the UFC, like everything he's ever, we've ever known about Michael Chandler has just been thrown out the fucking window. His wrestling is elite. He's an NCAA collegiate wrestler. Do you think this is a time where he's like, maybe should be a little less safe and be the better fighter that we probably know Michael Chandler is. And that's not a shoot on Conor McGregor either, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I mean, like my, like my coaching side wants him to like do what it takes to win. But my like fan side wants to see Michael Chandler, <laughs> you know, that that's been, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> like stylistically like again it's one of those matchups where i'm like okay i get it both these guys are going to stand and bang and for sure that's what they're going to want to do but at the same time if i'm michael chandler who i'm thinking long term obviously is re-upped with the ufc like he's your window is really kind of not there anymore like you need this fight to almost be a number one contender again like if you anytime anybody beats mcgregor or you know it's immediately like look at dustin poirier immediately into the title picture right mm. um and I think that's what's going to be the road for Michael Chandler. He's going to win this fight. Uh, I think he stylistically is an, a nightmare for Connor, and people are going not going to like that take because I know you Connor McGregor fans are out there, and I am also one. But stylistically, Michael Chandler takes him down. We've seen this time and time again with Connor. He's not good on the ground. He's terrible. So but but I, the, the, there's the other side of Chandler where he. Comes in with these big oh. looping punches, oh, wrecking balls. And if he does that, I think Connor will catch him. Con he's quick, man. Yeah. Connor's left hand is maybe one of the cleanest left hands in the fight game. So I mean, he's got to be careful, and that's why I said like, you can't be wild swinging. This isn't Gaethje. This isn't Poirier. This isn't Oliveira. Like, this is a guy who can sleep you within seconds. And I'm not saying Gaethje can't. It's just we saw what happened in that fight, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like. He tested Gaethje's power right off the get-go and was like, come on, man, hit me, hit me, hit me. And he did. He threw fucking bombs. That fight was insane. 
But Michael Chandler could get tagged once with that left hand. Look what he did to Jose Aldo. I mean, Jesus. Right. Can't forget that. It's one of the greatest knockouts of all time. Look what he did to Dustin Poirier back in the day. Like, you know, it, it's like, it just, Chad Mendez, he murked him. Like, that left hand is dangerous as shit. So, I mean, I really like, again, I really, really like Chandler in spite. If he stays to his, like you said, if he stays to his style, if he goes back to who he is, if he goes back to that champion mentality that he had with Bellator, I think it's a nightmare for Connor. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I agree I with that. I don't see how Connor gets out of it, man. I really, really don't. But again, really, really excited for that matchup. The lightweight division is just fucking crazy right now. The, mm-hmm. the featherweight division is continuing to climb up. Triple C sounds like he's in the he's back in the Nevada testing pool. So he's going to be back right away, which is awesome. Because whether you like him or not, Triple C is the fucking man. Like, yeah. he is the man in any division that he goes into. So, I mean, if Volkanovski is running a challenge at 145, hell, get ready, man. Because I'm, I'm guaranteeing Cejudo watched that fight and was like, there's some holes. There's some holes in this game that I can pick apart. This is a man who finished Demetrius Johnson, right? Like, let's not sleep on that fact either. So it's going to be a ton of fun, man. There's so many sweet matchups that we're going to obviously be able to talk about. This one here, a little bittersweet when it comes to talking about matchups. Bellator on CBS. There's been a lot of news going around lately that Bellator could be bought out. Uh, we don't know the structure of the parameters of how that looks. We don't know how any of this kind of figures out to be or plays out. But they had a great card on CBS the other night. I watched it. I thought the quality was fantastic. I thought the fights were really, really good. Um, and, and CBS delivered. Obviously, when I think of like, I think of like CBS, I think of like TV shows, Modern Family. I don't really think of like Bellator being that network that goes on them. But when you're thinking about selling your company, it's good to have these big media backgrounds that can help you out with something like that. So they started this off with Ryan Bader who has been just explosive since losing or leaving the UFC. He's been unbelievable taking on the last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko, who, uh, you know, questionably, arguably one of the greatest goats in the heavyweight division, depending on who you talk to, don't ask Dana White because he will give you <laughs> an unreasonable excuse as to why he isn't. But of course you look at the record that that man had and the fights that he's gone and the people that he's beaten, um, he's just insane i mean i remember when ea sports mma came out and fedor emelianko was the cover and the face of the video game that's what fedor's legacy was now with that being said he got finished ryan bader knocked the shit out of him and it wasn't even a close fight like the bell rang and it was like ryan bader's like what retirement like i'll put you in it right now bro you shouldn't even have been here and it was just outclassed yeah it was not fun to watch uh I didn't like it. I didn't. As soon as it was announced, I didn't like it. Uh, I thought it was a strange retirement fight. Uh, obviously, I, like he wanted that belt to retire as the champion, but oh man, there could have been so many other matchups you could have made that would have been like fun. You know, other guys on on their way out that like other legends who are like on their way out. There's there's just other. Other things could have happened. That's exactly how I thought the fight was going to... A thousand percent. Up. Just like a... It was just like a... Two and a half minutes of ground and pound by Ryan. And it was sad to watch. Yeah, I watched... When I was watching, I was like... 
I I thought to myself, I played matchmaker for three seconds because when that got announced, I was like, this is a fucking terrible matchup for Fader Emelianko. Ryan Bader is in the height of his career right now. Like, we should not be feeding. And I get it. It's your biggest name in the heavyweight division with Ryan Bader taking on arguably one of the biggest names of all time in Fedor Emelianko and tickets sold. They sold out. So that was a, that's a good scenario for them. That's, that's, a, that's a very good sign. But at the same time, I'm just like, you could have maybe called the UFC and been like, hey, Andre Arlovsky available. Like, is somebody else in Legends Row that's on their way out maybe available? Like, Mm-hmm. Loyola Machida, would you like to move up to heavyweight? Like, what's Rumble doing? Like, just something that's not Ryan Bader, who's in the peak of his career. Like, it just made no sense to me. And I agree with you. I'm like, statistically, I was like, this is a nightmare uh, matchup for Fedor Emelianenko. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> but it was cool to see everyone there supporting him. That was yeah, awesome to see. I thought it was like, really cool to see like Josh Barnett in the ring yeah. and like uh who else was in there? Everyone. Uh, yeah, everybody that's like Randy. Randy was there. Yeah, it was good. Mark Coleman. Yeah, the was, hammer was there. That was really, was really cool. cool to see. Um, yeah, I thought that ending was cool. I, I liked how they did that to be honest. People kind of were on their case about how CBS handled that with the gloves and the ring and kind of like it was a production. Guys. This is Fedor Emelianenko. The only thing that ever stopped him from being the greatest of all time is the fact that he wasn't in the UFC. That's the only reason why this man is like, he's number two. He's number two GOAT status. I mean, I still have Stipe being the best heavyweight of all time. People fight me on that all the time. I'm like, you defend the heavyweight title five fucking times. And then we'll talk. And then win it back. You know, like, that's why I think Stipe is the greatest because the competition level between, again, like I'm saying, we just kind of alluded to it. The competition level between Bellator's heavyweights and the UFC's heavyweights is quite drastically different. Definitely. Yeah, it's not even, it's not the same. And and, and even when Emelianko was fighting in Russia and when he was fighting for Affliction and when he was fighting those type of organizations, it wasn't really, again, it wasn't really the best of the best. It was just the best of who was there. And that's why I, I agree a little bit with what Dana White said. He said, there's an asterisk to him being the GOAT because in order for him to be the GOAT, he should have came to the UFC when they offered him mega money, like Mm. stupid money in 2010. I think it was like $9.9 million for Fedor Emelianenko to come over to the UFC, which is a lot. That's that's like guys GSP weren't even making. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that was a lot of money to offer. And he turned it down because he wanted to do it on his own and force his own hand in the competition that he got to face. But in 2010, you even think about the heavyweights, fucking Brock Lesnar versus Fedor Emelianenko, Frank Mir versus Fedor Emelianenko. Like, there was just so many. You could fucking Tim Sylvia. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. and, and that's not a disrespect to Tim Sylvia, who's a former champion in the UFC as well. It's just that stylistically, there was no matchups that ever made sense for Ryan Bader or for Fedor Emelianenko in Bellator. But hey, sponsorship speaks a lot of volumes he made a ton fucking money he coaches a bunch of guys that we're gonna get to i mean all the russian fighters are all coached by him and they have a fucking hit list of people that i think could probably transfer over the ufc and be real good yeah i did, did were you able to watch uh the whole card the whole bellator card I only want, I, I didn't have to, I just literally got home just in time for the Emilianko fight. 
Did you see the highlights for uh, Lorenz Larkin? Lorenz Larkin. What a what a G. The walk-off elbow KO. Insane. But it, it might go down as highlight of the year. It was it, it might be the knockout of the year. I posted it on our socials because I, I was like, damn, dude. As soon as I saw that, I was like, there's no way that's not just like fuck it, boom. And just like Buddy was dead. It was like, disgusting. It was, was wild. Like, it might be one of the nicest finishes ever in MMA period. Like it was just so clean and quick and yeah. accurate. And like, I was like, cause I did want, I did see, like, I did see the highlight on that. And again, I did post it and I was watching. I was like, Holy shit. That's a hell of a fucking, <laughs> he's hit him with a fucking elbow. Like yeah. I didn't, I thought it was a forearm. And then I looked again. I was like, Oh shit, that's elbow. And it, it was, was clean. Wash clean. So Lorenz Larkin ha- hats off kind sir. Hell of a finish. That was uh, awesome insane i think he's probably yeah i he probably got some kind of bonus i don't know what bellator's structure payments are i think they're like 25 and 25 for win and, and payout for bonus so um 50 000 g's baby so congratulations lorenz lark and that was yeah a hell of a finish dude but as for lemelianko he's gonna be a a, a pro sports hall of famer he, he'll be in bellator's hall of fame he'll be in the affliction hall of fame if that's still a fucking thing uh he'll be in everybody's hall of fame for sure uh, just a class act through and through. And congratulations on the last ride for The Last Emperor. For Ryan Bader, dude, if I'm Dana White, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. And I'm like, hey, how much? Like, I, I fucked up. I shouldn't have cut him. Like, that's where I'm at with Ryan Bader. Because he's going to walk through everybody else in that heavyweight division. I want him to come back to the UFC and I don't, I'm not saying give me John Jones versus Ryan Bader right off the fucking get-go or even Cyril gone. Give me, give me, if Francis wants to come back, give me Francis. Mm. Like, fuck it. Ryan Bader and Francis Nagano for the number one contender. Feed me that fight. Like, Ryan Bader's, people sleep on Ryan Bader. He's gotten so much fucking better since he was cut. Yeah, I, I, he's like, uh, even, like, I don't, what, I don't even think he was cut. I think he just left. It was contra- I think it was contract. Yeah, because I think he left with, like with wins. Like he never lost. Yeah, he didn't didn't with wins. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he was like on a two or three fight winning streak when he left. I think he just did like the the gay guard Musasi. Like this isn't where I want to be anymore. You know. Yeah. Old deuces. See you later. I'm getting money. Yeah, but like I I, I would say his his stock value has risen. A ton now, yeah. Oh, and not to prove that he was the heavyweight champ. Well, let's just move down and become the light heavyweight champ, which he was. So it's kind of insane to think about in that aspect. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, is he? And he's planning on staying at heavyweight. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, the light heavyweight division is kind of in shambles in Bellator. I'll be honest with you, but to be honest. Great stuff from Ryan Bader. His career has just evolved. He's put yeah. in the work, man. It shows. He was quite young, too, in the UFC. I don't think he really grasped uh, grasped who he was as a fighter. And ever since he moved up to heavyweight, you just see that power. Because Ryan Bader's always had knockout power. Like, yeah. he's always had hands. And that's you can even listen to old UFC tapes where Joe Rogan's like, the one thing you really need to be careful with Ryan Bader is that he's got these elusively powerful hands. Shane Carwin-esque, if you will, right? Like, and, and that's a huge compliment. Ryan Bader is now becoming like a fucking Shane Carwin. He's a pit bull, man. He's insane. And he's his wrestling is underrated, too. It'd be, it'd be super interesting if he got a rematch with John Jones. Wouldn't it? 
Like that was, that was his first loss. Like was John he, Jones. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I don't want him to be fed him right away. I think the real matchup is to give him a, a guy that is is peaking. Like even if they gave Stipe and Ryan, like that fight to me, that'd be nice. Dude, I'm in. Like you could you could give me a bunch of money, and I'd be like, no, no, keep it. I'm already buying it. Don't worry, yeah, I, yeah, I got yeah. it. Like it's on me. It's on me. But like that fight sells for me. So I, I hope that Ryan Bader. I know he's got two fights left in his contract with Bellator. Um, if I am Dana White again, I know how this game works. I know how contracts work. I know how free agency works. I know how these fight game works. But we're seeing trades within companies too, right? Like let's not forget Demetrius Johnson was traded. Two one for Ben Askren. So trades do happen within organizations. Now, does it mean, I mean, again, we're talking about Francis, but does Francis want to be in the UFC? Clearly not. He surrendered his title and, and basically hasn't re-signed because of the things that he wants in his contract. And Dana said no to. So why not trade his rights, right? Like let's trade Francis and let's bring in Ryan, you know, who I know, has this history of being this background fighter and he's got some fucking, he's, he's familiar with the organization and he's a champ. Do you, would you pull that deal? I mean, like even like you just got me thinking, wouldn't it be crazy if Bellator signed Francis for one fight to come fight Ryan? Could do that. That'd be nuts. Francis wants money, man. And that's, that's all, that's all it's coming down to health insurance, money, and uh fighter was it fighter camp pay or something like that i gotta look back into that whatever the fuck it was but i know it was along those three lines but izzy even said like israel adesanya this weekend said i defend him to the highest yeah, form yeah. I, he's like i back him because we want these types of things as fighters we don't have long careers we don't have life insurance policies when we leave the organization. So maybe Francis Naganu, being what he is, is the voice of reason and the voice of change to get these things implemented. But shit, if he went over to Bellator and made $8 million for like two fights and Scott Coker's like, well, I'm fucking selling anyways. Why not? That'd be nuts. That'd be cool. Why? All the rumors started with Francis when his mom, when they were in Africa and she was wearing a PFL shirt. Yeah, like that that hit the media, and everybody was like, "Is he going to PFL?" Like, that seems weird, you know. Like, especially because there's not really a fucking huge heavyweight division at PFL. But hey, they seem to be funded quite well. They've got the backing of major media, yeah. and they could be making some good money. Look at the payouts; they've had million dollar tournaments. Like, PFL's for real, and they're building something, man. PFL's very underrated right now. Like, we talk about UFC and Bellator mainly. But PFL is is building something very nicely over there. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do um, going forward. And they've got some fucking talent, man. That Dakota DeCheva, I got to see her live when she was with Palace Athenas. And now she's on a two-fight win streak over at PFL, man. She fights again, I think, in the UK coming up in April or, or May with them. Again, PFL traveling. That's another big thing. Um, yeah, they've got some talent on that roster. So... Watch out. PFL could make some noise. Speaking of making some noise, Alexander Usyk did that this weekend by posting a photo of him mm -hmm. looking extremely fucking shredded, should I mention, saying, I'll sign where you at. That's the caption. Sounds like this fight is going to happen April 29th in Wembley. 
We're going back to England. Sounds like that's where this fight is going to take place. We got Alexander Usyk taking on Tyson, the Gypsy King Fury. All systems to go. Apparently, contracts have been signed. Uh, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's the only thing it's the only thing that, that needs to happen in the heavyweight division. That's it. That's this the one. The yeah. It, this we've, the we've been talking about this for like a year now, <laughs> you know? Lots it's of like, months. <laughs> it's like this is it so yeah if it's signed and ready that's exciting because there's nothing else there is there's nothing else in this division um we we talked about it and alluded to a little bit on uh earlier uh actually on last podcast we talked about how francis naganu had his own terms um uh, and, and tyson fury having a boxing match four ounce gloves mike tyson the special guest referee that won't be happening uh so that fight's probably off. Uh, for the y'all that don't know it, uh, maybe just Google Mike Tyson for five minutes and you'll find out why that's not happening. Uh, but nonetheless, this fight is happening and Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury will be taking on each other for the WBC crowned heavyweight champion of the world, solidifying both titles, WEC, WBC. We got our fucking official lock of who will be the greatest heavyweight in the history of boxing because that's what this has come down to what we got to go back because i have no idea what's going on with mike tyson there are some things that happened with mike tyson some alleged rape really yeah that kind of came up so i'm not going to dwell too much on that because i have found out in this culture that we live in in a cancel culture and in media uh, I could say that and it could be inaccurate. And then right. somebody is and all of a sudden the Boomtown pod is definitely not a thing. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that one, but I can say just by seeing allegedly, allegedly, allegedly <laughs> that's the word of the podcast. Allegedly uh, there are some rumors floating around that Mike Tyson uh, back in the nineties did rape a girl who was underage. She has come to the light of the situation, um, kind of told the media about it. And since then anything to do with Mike Tyson has basically been blacklisted him and uh, henry cejudo have used to do their podcast together tyson hasn't been on the podcast in just shy of three weeks so say and do it that what you will um we're seeing this this more and more with celebrity status um i mean really in the last 10 years it's really come to fruition of all these child actors or or big name celebrities that you know alleged rape cases i mean like you look at danny masterson his his case just got thrown out so hide from that 70s show people will probably remember this too his case got thrown out so uh i'm happy that he's free um again it's one of those things where you're you're innocent until proven guilty but in today's world you're guilty until you're proven innocent right so it's just like it's such a double standard that we live in right now especially in times where you and i have a platform to talk about it we'll talk about it right so um i'm gonna go with again allegedly these claims have happened so I don't know what that means for Mike Tyson's future. I don't know what that means for him in general. I will always say Mike Tyson is the most controversial man in boxing, the craziest yeah. motherfucker to ever combat anything. I mean, you think this guy is normal? He fucking bit the ear off somebody. Like, he's yeah. just never been normal, dude. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, go on Disney Plus and watch the Mike documentary as well. Absolutely unbelievable. It just it shows you the highs and lows this man's career has been on. And, and I do, I do hope he's innocent. Again, I'm not going to say anything. I just, I hope he is. If he's guilty, then shit, the courts did its job, right? Like that's, that's how I'll approach that. But nonetheless, this will be the unification between Yusuke and Fury, who will be the baddest man on the planet. 
for the world heavyweight title. We've been pumping this into your guys' veins for months on end. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! Fucking finally. Yeah, I hope it happens. I need I need to see this fight. This is probably like the fight I've been wanting. Like MMA, boxing, all combat. This is the one I just need to see. Same. April 29th, Wembley Stadium. It's going to be electric. 60,000 people last time. I get. I bet they fucking do 70. I know it was a sold out crowded 60, but it looked like the floor could use <laughs> 10 more thousand people, and they probably will. And, and to be honest with you, I think if Tyson wins this fight, he retires. So um, watch for that too. People have called me out on this before. I think if he solidifies himself as the baddest man on the planet, he's got nobody to defend that thing to. He doesn't no. fucking, he doesn't know Anthony Joshua fight. He doesn't owe Deontay Wa- Andy Ruiz. He doesn't owe anybody those fights anymore. Like it's, he's lapped them. Like you don't need to do that anymore. So this is a fight. All the marbles, give me it, pump it in my veins. I love it. One matchup I don't love is the next one I'm going to announce to you guys because it sounds like all intents and purposes, this might be happening. Uh, Jose Aldo Jr. will be taking on Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition bout uh, boxing at uh, 155 pounds, which, of course, is Mayweather's weight class. He's never going to move from that. Uh, Jose Aldo actually moving up about 10 pounds uh, in a boxing exhibition match. They've been going back and forth on Twitter. It sounds like, by all intents and purposes, this is going to happen sometime in, I think, September is what the article said. I might have to double dig into that. But, uh, dude... Do these exhibition bouts excite you anymore? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. Anything with Mayweather, I'm in. <laughs> That's correct. I'm, I'm a big Mayweather fan. Uh, I I don't know. I I like it. It's 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 fun. It's like uh, it is what it is. I don't mind it. I I don't hate it. I don't like it. Um. I don't know. I just, it, it seems so quick. Cause like Jose Aldo just announced his retirement, like what, three months ago. And all of a sudden he's, he's going to step into boxing, which is cool. Aldo has some elusive hands, but he's famous for leg kicks. So I mean, yeah, I mean, but like let them make millions, you know, yeah, like I mean, uh, he's gonna make a ton of money. They're going to make the guys funding it, have a lot of money. You know, it's they're throwing money at these guys and it's like, why not let them make money, have fun. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. It's gonna let me bang, bro. <laughs> let me bang, bro. Uh, did you did you uh did you see uh game that game bread event? Oh yeah, I forgot to add it to these notes. We talked about it a little bit on Facebook, but uh yeah, game bread four uh yeah. is spending nothing but fucking millions of dollars, apparently, because I don't know how they funded any of this now i'm gonna try to pull this up for you i I can Uh, i can name the i got the card right here it's probably Uh, one of the craziest things of all time anthony pettis versus roy jones jr main event what are we doing jose aldo versus jeremy stevens co-main vitor belfort versus jacare Souza, and then paul daly versus anthony taylor that's wicked. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? I'm going to you know watch I mean? every one of those. Oh, I'm, I'm watching the entire card. Like, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna reach out to Jorge and, and Game Bread Incorporated to see if I can fucking get media credentials so I can fly out there. Because oh, this man. is going to be one of the great... It's boxing, by the way. Everybody. Boxing. Uh, it's a boxing event. event. The fact that Paul Daly is kicking this card off is fucking insane. 
O'Malley's one of my favorite fighters of all time. And I saw that lineup. I was like, Jacare Souza? Like, Anthony Pettit? Roy Jones Jr.? Vitor <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are we doing? I just saw the list of names. And I'm like, yo, Jorge, like, how much are you spending? Because clearly things have been very good for Jorge Masvidal. That's a lot of money you're going to have to fork over. Now, I don't know this the stipulations to it or how much money each guy is going to get paid, but it's got to be a shit ton. Like, you're hoping this card sells out immediately, which it fucking should. I mean, I can't see it not. Like, uh, that's a, that's stacked. That's if a, that that's area, a... If I live wherever the fuck that fight card is, I think it's in... Is it Houston? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no. I think it's Milwaukee. Milwaukee, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I live in Milwaukee, fuck going to a Brewers game. Fuck going to a Bucks game, <laughs> even though they're unbelievable. I'm spending my money on going to that card because of just the name factor. Yeah. Like, and I and from what I understood of this, most of them are going to be five round bouts, right? Yeah, I, uh, five. I think there was a one that was eight. I think it's the headliner. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, Jesus H, dude. Those names are off the fucking charts, man. We're talking yeah. about Vitor Belfort, a former UFC champion. Yakare Souza, an interim champion. Paul Daly, a strike force and Bellator champion. Yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Roy and Jones and Jr. And it's nice because most of these guys are stand-up fighters, you know? So it's not like, besides Jacare, all right. these guys stand in and throw down. Yo, somewhere Ray Hall is like, yo, fucking put me on this card. Yeah, you yeah. You know it, man. He's just itching right now. I mean, I'm not, I don't even think they're done. I think there's going to be more names. I just, I, something tells me that somebody's going to come out of the woodworks, like a, a Le'Veon Bell, or like, again, like I alluded to, Uriah Hall or a, fucking Antonio goddamn Brown or some bullshit. It's going to be <laughs> stupid to see, man. And I'm, I'm pumped, dude, because That's cool, yeah. these fights are just cool. And it's about time we do cool shit. Like, you and I growing up on this sport, again, the names that we've listed are some of the biggest names that we grew up on. Anthony Pettis, the Showtime kick. Are you kidding me? That's the, that's, it still plays as highlight of the fucking knockout of forever. Yeah. Like some people will never be able to unsee that. No shit. Ask Benson Henderson. That boy's still struggling. I mean, it's like, it's insane that we're going to get this card. Again, millions of dollars are being forked into this thing. There's no fucking doubt in my mind, but I think it's because. I think Jorge is like, hey, I'll pay you guys seventy, eighty thousand dollars each. I'll give you, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars for bonuses, and I'm banking on this card being the biggest game bread card of all time. Because if this doesn't fucking work, I'm broke. Yeah, like, that's that's that. This is all in, you know. And it's like, good for him, man. Because he, all the shit that he's gone through this year, he announces this. It's like, oh my god, Jorge Masvidal did something positive to the MMA community. So I'm really, really looking forward to this, man. Insane, insane, insane. Every fucking fight is bananas. Um, also bananas. This is really, really cool. I wanted to get the clip. It wasn't loading, and I don't know why, but uh, Jens Pulver uh, is the latest addition to the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, he's the very first ever UFC lightweight champion. His reaction, dude, was everything. You can check it out on our Twitter. He was doing a live stream, actually, of watching the fight card. And his son, his son was like with him 
in another booth and they're watching it together and and jens was doing his twitch he does a lot of twitch streaming stuff which is really really cool it's a, a network i need to get onto with this for sure but he was doing a lot of like talking and then all of a sudden it got quiet and he's like oh he's like okay the ufc hall of fame like fuck let's see who gets it this time like you know, just doing what we do and then all of a sudden his son gets out of the booth and has like a ufc hall of fame shirt and they play the video and it's Jens Pulver being announced that he's getting inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame in the fight class category. And he just starts bawling, dude. And you're like, this guy had probably one of the roughest goes as a fighter. Like, if you look at his record, man, when he went into the UFC, he had won 11 fights in a row. Like, he was on fucking top of the world. And then, you know, a couple controversial fights won the won the lightweight strap left the ufc for a little while won a couple more fights came back and this is in an era where like young up-and-comers were coming up right and, and people that were in the lightweight division started marking them and beating them and and then he called it a career and i mean he is by all standards a legend because he's the very first now i'm not saying his accolades and his career is incredible but he's also done a lot for the sport behind the scenes he's still a coach still runs an academy does all the cool stuff for the community um I don't, many people don't really know about this. You can actually check out his story on, on Wikipedia. It's actually, I mean, it's not the most liable of sources, but also YouTube it. The man's been through some hell and back with some demons. So the fact of the matter that Jens Pulver was announced and having his son right there, man, I, th I think that's the fucking coolest thing. And he, and to, to his credit, like he's one of the guys who beat BJ Penn when BJ Penn was the best BJ Penn ever. The glove you know, like, BJ Penn. Yeah, he he has a win over that BJ Penn, which is pretty cool. And he never lost the belt. He he handed it over and, yeah. and he, so he never so it's kind of cool. And yeah, he had a rough end to his career, but uh man, he was always fun to watch. That was exciting. I love Jens Pulver as a fighter. I thought he was just one of those electric, like when they announced the lightweight division and they had him categorized in the top 10, I was like, that's so sick. And this is going back to like 06, 07, right? Like this is a long fucking time ago. And when they opened up the division, I was like, that's a perfect guy for this division because he had been on a 12 fight win streak getting into that or 11 fight win streak. And I was like, perfect. Like, give me Jens Pulver right off the get-go. So, I mean, a illustrious career, a really weird ending to it. Like I said, it went through his, went through his shit. But just to, like, I think about that every day when people get announced for, like, retirement things. And a lot of the times, like, when we saw Jose Aldo, he was in the stands in Brazil. That's his hometown. That's fucking awesome. But, like, to be doing what you and I do and, and, and to be at home with your loved ones and you you don't know what's going on and all of a sudden you're watching the fight card, you're doing some analysis and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, I'm in the UFC Hall of Fame? And your son walks in? Like, that to me, if you guys want to see the clip, it, I am a human being. I had emotions. I was like, that is probably one of the coolest fucking things to see because I think as a parent, as as you know, you know, as a dad, you're going to be one, right? I think your accomplishments, what you show your kids is absolutely unbelievable because believe it or not, they watch every move you make, right? Mm -hmm. So for him and his son to like link together and hug when he found out like Jens was like full out, like ugly crying. <laughs> like it's the only way to describe it. So if you haven't done yourself, uh, do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen the video, go onto our Twitter account, check it out, man. It, it got me emotional. And I was like, God damn you, Jens Pulver and your son. <laughs> 
this is this is awesome but he didn't realize it and he had his like ufc champion hat on from when he won the the title he had no idea that was happening so and that's cool on dana white to not tell him either right like don't hey hey kid your dad's going to the hall of fame here's a t-shirt don't fucking say anything right like unreal moment so very very cool of the ufc to do that for him i'm very excited for jens pulver uh very very deserving to be in the ufc hall of fame segment two now uh we got about five minutes to get into this it is called into the future uh we look at some future fights that are happening this is sponsored by rest when dead clothing apparel check them out restwindead.ca their shit's fire if you haven't seen it go check it out uh some bodybuilding shit out the ass their stuff looks so nice man and they've got like the who's who wearing it already in the states so just go check it out ufc 285 we broke it down a little bit uh you're uh, we talked about it last week too we're just gonna play uh predictor uh cyril gone versus john jones that's our next main card happening in i think two weeks time uh which is crazy because we've waited eight years to see john jones finally fucking back in an octagon it feels like uh it's just kidding it's only been four but it's been a while uh i'm worried about his ring rust Cyril Gon's a fucking monster who has every tool in the book to be the best heavyweight champion that the UFC could ever want. His wrestling's unreal, except for when he fought Francis. Not sure what happened there. And then, uh, obviously, we saw the demolition of Taito Ivasa. Yikes. That wasn't good. Um, elite handwork against Rosenstruck. Press him up against the clinch. Unbelievable. Uh, but John Jones is John Jones. And the only worst enemy that John Jones has is himself. So I will go... I'm going to say round three, this gets finished by TKO. Uh, I think John Jones gets his hand raised in victory over a very bloody Cyril gone. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think John Jones will win. Uh, I, I think probably decision. Uh, but yeah, I, it's hard. It's hard to go against John Jones, even though I do like gone a lot. And this is like uh this is like a perfect fight to come back to. You know, it's yeah. not uh it's not some slouch, you know, it's uh it's a top five heavyweight who's kind of well rounded. So Correct. and 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 big. You know, he's not he's big. He's gonna he's gonna have the advantage everywhere, right? On size and, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be really is it I'm super interested in this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a matchmaking, like, Sean Shelby, I'll give a ton of credit. They nailed this. Like, they nailed yeah. the matchmaking one. Um, and, and credit to everybody involved with this, because initially, again, I got super suspect about John Jones coming back, but John Jones is going to... John Jones, again, is going to John Jones. I just... Everything that I've seen with his videos, his fight camps, his or his preparation for this, he just seems like a much different human being. Yeah. Like, he's not cocky. He's not arrogant. You know, he's training with Triple C, which, again... People don't understand how fucking good Henry Cejudo is. People are literally reaching out to work with this man. And, and that includes John Jones. So this fight, yeah, I, I I could see it going to decision because the last time John Jones took a lot of time off, he took that fight on against OSP and it went to a decision, which was really, really weird. So it could happen. I'm going to go third round because I'm going to give it some time. Yeah. But I really do think those hands and those kicks will become a big problem for Cyril Gunn. But again, still gone, built like a shit brick house. So fuck, who knows, man? Again, just like last weekend, whoever wins this fight, hell yeah, man. I'm getting to that point in my life where I'm like, I can't pick because I could, I feel like some guy's going to win, right? Like I just, two badasses going at it. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's for the strap. Not the interim. This is for the strap, just in case anybody was wondering. Also, Bellator's got their own fight taken on. Oh, man. 
Amasov might be one of the biggest problems in all of MMA. And he is taking on Logan Storley. This is the second time for the welterweight championship. Logan Storley is currently wearing the interim championship because Amasov was actually out uh, in Ukraine with all of this crazy nonsense that's been happening in our world. Um, Logan Storley is as good as they come. He is a great fighter, but he got fucking worked the last time this fight happened. And uh, Amasov, Matt, I'm telling you right now, pound for pound, even in the rankings, 20, I think he's 28 now now. 28, he's 20, I think 26 or 28. Yeah. Very that's good. Pretty, that's pretty good. That's and good. and Storley's only loss is to Amazon. Correct. So, so for Storley, this is a redemption story, right? Like you're in you're, you got another sh- another chance to right your wrong against the guy who is undefeated. Give him his first L. You know, like that's why I like this matchup a ton. And Logan Storley, like I said, is is as tough as they fucking come. Yeah, he he ended the Venom Page hype train, right? Derailed it. Like yeah. Venom Venom could have went to the UFC tomorrow and made millions of dollars. And Logan Storley's like, fuck you, that's not happening. Game over, pay me. You know, like yeah. he's as bad as a he's a badass man. And and the thing with the thing with Amasov is that he can like his wrestling is just so fucking good, man. And you saw it not only against Logan Storley, but you saw it against Phil Davis too. Like outclassed Phil Davis in the in the biggest biggest realms when it came to the title. So I mean, and I love Phil Davis. I gotta get we gotta get him on here. At some point in our lives, I gotta have Phil Davis on this podcast. Such a nice guy. Uh but nonetheless, I'm gonna roll with I honestly man, I'm gonna roll with Logan Storley in this. I think the time away for uh for Almasov might be a little bit of a problem. I'm not gonna say it's a huge issue, but Logan Storley is probably gonna try to finish him and it's gonna be quick. Yeah, and yeah, that's I don't know. I don't know who to choose to be honest. Uh, I'll, be, three I'll be I'll be I'll pick the other guy. <laughs> but I, like I'm saying, honestly, if if Storley does win this, and you both have that one and one, you can you can now have that trilogy fight, right. right? Where it's like, fuck, you derailed my hype train, bro. I'm undefeated. I'm 26 and 0. You know, like that's that's Habib status just for all those hardcore MMA fans. Habib retired at 26 and 0. So it's like these guys are both in that same realm of of career. And if Logan Storley wins this, I'd be like, <laughs> there's no way Bellator is not licking their lips, going fucking trilogy, fucking trilogy. You know, like they want this to happen. So I'm I'm really excited about this matchup that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. But yeah, that's it for us, guys. We 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 wanted to do it in an hour. We did it in an hour and one. So there you <laughs> go. Uh, once again, you can find us at the Boomtown Pod, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, BlueCollarMG.com streaming. If you miss it, we'll have the download for you. We'll be on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. We just passed uh, 11,000 total plays mm. uh, on our streaming platform, which is awesome. Uh, and on our Facebook, you guys have like um, double of that. It's just, it's fucking insane what you guys have done for us. And we love the support. Uh, of course, you can go find Cole on his socials. Cole. Yeah. Come find me. Instagram, Facebook, uh, everywhere, everywhere. Look and find me, Sandman Boxing System. I'm everywhere. And I can't wait till he has a boy. That's not a drop. I'm just, I'm predicting. I'm fucking <laughs> Team Blue shirt, all right? Fucking at me. You guys can at me later <laughs> on. 
when it comes out of girl, we can look back at this and be like, remember that time Uncle Andrew was super wrong about all this? Uh, but nonetheless, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in again. Our episode sponsors, FKN Ale. Go get their terrific boom beer. Uh, proud sponsor of our podcast, man. They have been amazing. I literally, like I said, 20 minutes before we went on, I literally got a deposit of my fridge. I just moved into a new house, uh, as you can see, the new studio. And as I'm upstairs, I'm unpacking, and I get a knock on the door, and it's the FKN boys. And they're like, how much room you got in that fridge? And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> so the entire top story of my fridge is just full of beer. So thank you so much to them. We appreciate them so much. Um, before we leave, though, I will say this, too. Uh, we did do a prize pack giveaway this weekend. Uh, FKN gave away a T-shirt. We had two beer pong balls, uh, a couple of stickers. Um, and our winner... Uh, was Grant K. So congratulations, Grant. Uh, he was the only one out of the, I think we had like nine or 10 entries. It wasn't the best one we've ever had, but always be paying attention to our socials. We got tons of giveaways. We might do a Sandman boxing shirt giveaway. Hell, we might be doing a rest one dead one. I know for sure as shit, RKP Roofing just said to me last week, they got stuff for us to give away. So always be paying attention to our socials, guys. You never know when we're going to do a giveaway. Um, it was as easy as predicting who was going to win the fight. Couldn't believe it. He was the only one who picked Izzy which props i mean i think everybody thought volkanovsky was going to give him a run for his money well if you read the tape at round two three and five we could arguably say that you know well one but that's a story for another day nonetheless guys <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in i'm andrew that's cole we are the boomtown pod you guys have yourselves a great evening